0: We've been told this story that if you check all the boxes, if you do all these great things, then you will be happy. But why do so many of us still feel unfulfilled? Welcome to Wealth and Liberty, where we give you the education, tools, and solutions to go from feeling unrewarded to becoming autonomous with three simple concepts to guide us. Identity, self-development, financial control all right welcome back to episode 18 of wealth and liberty i'm scott tucker and today we're going to continue the conversation with scott and trevor uh, to get more in depth about uh, the various things people think about uh, especially from you when you're on active duty about life insurance all the a lot of the misconceptions and just kind of how we all go along with it and don't understand what the purpose of it is so pretty good conversation and uh hope you enjoy guess what the wealthy don't do the basic cheap you know options um, and a lot of times they'll do some term insurance, but for a very specific reason. Not this. Oh, I might get hit by a bus and die, and 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 let's make sure we got our our mortgage covered. And actually, that's 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 a good question to start. How do you know how much insurance to get? What's what's the typical approach for for uh, getting insurance, Trevor? What, what do you what, what have you seen? I can
1: tell you what I've I've seen in my experience a lot of them will say well there's no such thing as too much insurance Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i've heard that you know a lot of people will say well you know it's 10 or 20 times your income um that's just kind of one of those like i'm just going to wing it type uh rules i mean really you know it's not also about how much you have but how's it structured like you know do you get anything out of it uh you know is it going to be there you know the when you think about it most of us aren't going to need our life insurance for at least you know 30 30 plus years well what's kind of the limit on most term policies about 30 years right uh, so it's 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 one of those things that people put in there is kind of like a just in case and you know what happens is a lot of the times people end up buying a policy based off of its price and not the value that it brings, which I think that's kind of like one of the biggest, uh, you know, misconceptions that we need to break is is like, Hey, don't, don't look at the price. Look at like, you know, what's the value that it brings to you because mm-hmm. you might get something that it's not going to do what it needs to do when it, when it's time to do it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's weird that typically the conversation around insurance is, get the most you can for the least amount of money. Right. And in what other forms of consumerism do we buy, try to always buy the cheapest thing? I mean, sometimes it's smart to just get the cheapest thing, but cheap things break or you find out it's like, ah, you know, but then it's cheap. So you, it's like, ah, I don't need this or don't want this, but you still pay for it. Cause it's, cause it's cheap. And, and so I think part of that part of the, the mindset that needs to be shifted around this conversation is it's not called death insurance. That's how it's sold. Um, But in, in the modern times with the new tech life insurance is about ensuring the income producing potential of a life. So that's how I look at the qualification of how much to get rather than, you know, what are my, what are my liabilities? Um, How how much of the kid's college, what's the mortgage? It's like those things might change within that 30. So you get a 30-year term. How much is that stuff going to change, right? But what you can produce as an individual and what your assets that you own, whatever they might be, that's what life insurance is about, right? And if you do get hit by a bus, somebody gets a big payday and, you know, that's a bonus. But one of the problems, as Trevor mentioned, with term insurance is most times it doesn't pay out. About two to 3% of term policies ever get paid because people outlive the term, you, you don't die. The chances of getting hit by a bus are so darn low um, that it can end up really backfiring. And, and yeah, it was cheap, so it doesn't seem like you know, you know it, it was good to have just in case, but it was all sunk in cost. And that means there's opportunity cost in there as well. That said, yeah, term insurance is great for, for 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 those who need to afford whatever they can and are on a fixed income budget. I would argue nobody should ever be on a fixed income budget because there's way too many ways to get other sources of income these days. Um, but you know, for, for those who think that my LES coming in every other Friday is is the only money I can make and, and that's it, um, then that's a limited mindset type stuff. Um, it, but usually the folks we're going to vet wealth. You know, the military spouse has got a side business, or they got one together, or or they're looking to do one after the military, that kind of thing. But, anyways, um, why don't we go into uh, some of the the questions uh, we saw, Scott? See yeah, if there's I, anything else we can dig out of that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've got a, I got a comment uh, that'll lead us right into one. But you asked just about how much life insurance to get, and you described my first foray into it outside of of SGLI. Yeah. And It was, what are your debts? What do you make? Uh, You know, this is what we need to get. And it's because I wasn't asking the right questions. Uh, And one of those is not just, you know, what if I die tomorrow? But there were two questions that I should have asked and didn't is, uh, what kind of legacy do I want to leave? Uh, Because if like the other 98% policies that don't pay out, I make it to the end of the 30 years and Mm -hmm. had a good life. I've got nothing left because of that sunken cost. Or, or number two, could my money that I'm spending on this insurance be doing something more than just providing a death benefit payout and these are questions I didn't know to ask that I, I, I now know to ask, and I hope that we can educate people so it leads me to one question you know we get a whole bunch of questions, uh, and th- this one here is, uh, is somewhat related. How much life insurance do veterans
0: get, and how much should they get ooh, that is a great question Trevor you want you want to take that one
1: um yeah, I was just going to add a comment onto that, like, like you had said there, Scott, about, uh, oh, yeah, what if you die tomorrow? And it's like, well, what if you live to be 85 or 90? Um, so, <laughs> you, you know, so I, I can tell you, you know, generally what is available to most people on active duty, you have um, obviously the SGLI if you decide to go that route, which is going to pay 400000 uh, or whatever amount you elected you can do that in is the, the
0: max now, right yeah,
1: you can do it in fifty thousand dollar increments
0: right, and it used to only be a hundred thousand uh until about twenty years ago they finally upped it yep. and quite frankly, four hundred thousand really isn't that much
1: well, no, especially if you 've you know got a spouse and two or three kids like that, four hundred thousand is going to go pretty quick
0: yeah
1: um. You know, then there's there's a few other things survivor benefits that are available to you if you if something does God forbid happen to you while you're on active duty. Some of those are depending on the circumstances of your death. Uh, there's a gra- death gratuity. Um, you know, if somebody's killed in action, I think that's like a hundred thousand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, or if they're training, something like that. Um, there's the uh, active duty survivor benefit plan uh, where you get. I I don't remember the details that I'll have to go look that up. But, and then there's also the uh, dependent uh, dependency and indemnancy uh, compensation through the VA, which is, they have like a formula table there. I think, you know, for a spouse and two kids uh, that are under the age of 18, I think that would end up paying something like about 3000 a month.
0: Until the kids are, does that continue to pay the, the spouse? Forever. so there's
1: there's a there's a couple of things that go on with that there's like an eight year period, time period where it pays like a little bit extra. I think what would happen is eventually by the time the kids are fully grown and in school and everything that gets whittled down to about fourteen hundred dollars a month if I'm not mistaken
0: Gotcha. so active duty get a little bit more but if if you're if you do die on active duty and it's, and then separate from in combat um you know the SGLI payment is what it is, but even if you didn't have SGLI, there would be some benefits for a military family if that if that service member was married, but only if they're married, right?
1: Yep. And then you know that's of course those those uh, benefits that are going to be paid out. You know I don't think that those are designed to help you maintain your your standard of living that you had before all that stuff happened. So
0: sure, sure, of course. You know,
1: there's a related question
2: here because um, I think what, you, what you're what you talking about, Trevor, are folks that are pretty much active duty. This one here comes from an E7 uh, who's approaching 20 years. Do all veterans automatically get life insurance? So I think he's thinking about what happens after I- I'm active duty? Uh, do I automatically get life insurance? What options do they have there?
0: Right. Um, no, that's a great question. And, and this is actually one of the biggest problems. Um, I feel is 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 wrong in the whole life insurance industry. Because even if you go, go onto the private market to get insurance, some insurance companies, because of all the regulations with Congress and all that kind of stuff, some insurance companies will only give service members certain amounts, they only allow them to apply for a certain amount of death benefit based on their rank. And that's because they say, well, they they we because we're taking into account that they have SGli, or the assumption is they have it. So the insurance companies don't even know that it's not mandatory, that they're paying for it, because um, it ain't free. <laughs> it's still insurance. It costs money, and you know. So so the issue is somebody gets to age forty, they're getting out of the a career in the military. Most how many people say they've been broke? You know, Trevor. I, I know you got some stories, right? And and so the fear is. I now there's no way I could qualify for private life insurance. So at that time when they really need it the most to if they're getting out of the military, then they feel they can only depend on the VA to to cover. And the VA does a great job at marketing because, of course, everybody's got to go in for their VA disability benefit briefing. Right. And so at that time, they're being told how broke they are. And oh, by the way, you might not qualify for insurance. So the good thing is the VA offers Veterans Group Life Insurance, and if you, tra- if, you if you, as long as you sign up for it within, I think the first two hundred. It's now two hundred forty days. It wasn't one eighty um, from your from your date of leaving service. So your SGLI stays in effect for six months after you leave service, I believe, right? But you know, you need to, if you need to convert, and with that time to VGLI, then you then you can get that same four hundred thousand. But you don't have to do medical underwriting. So if you are, uh, if you wouldn't be able to qualify in the private market, don't worry. You know the v, the VGLI does that. Oh, the cost is a little bit more because now you're paying it based on based on your your age. It's not subsidized for everybody active duty or for all veterans like it isn't in, in that uh, for active duty. And so that you know that leaves a lot of people again very misinformed in thinking that this is their only option because a lot of times they just take it without even trying to get a private thing, even if they're hundred percent disabled, that really doesn't mean you can't get qualified for insurance. So I think, you know, that's a risky thing because now the insurance still prudential, by the way, they're making a lot of money off of the veterans too, because guess what happens? What's the price? I mean, we could pull up the calculator, but um, if you're getting out at age 40, all of a sudden that 25 bucks a month, I think goes up to like 70. And at age 45, it's like 130. Age 50, 240. Age, you know, every five years, right? Yeah. It every, up. every five years yeah. it goes up. And then by the time you're in your 60s and 70s, it's hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not thousands a month. For that same 400000 dollars of insurance. And so
2: and that's is that term insurance, right? Term insurance. It's, yes. it's, group,
0: it's, it's group term insurance, meaning group term simply means everybody pays the exact same price. Why? Because some are sicker, some are healthier. So literally, you're not being rewarded for your health if you take a group insurance policy. A lot of people do this at their companies, thinking it's it's a good deal. Companies usually subsidize it more, and so it's not a bad deal. But in this case, if you're a veteran that's still relatively healthy, you're paying for the guys who do have cancer, heart disease, and and, and all sorts of ailments. Who who that's their only option. So you know that that's, that. that's something to think about. It's like, if you, if you're not being rewarded, same with SGLI, if group insurance, you don't get rewarded for your health. You pay the same as everybody with VGLI. It's based on your age. That's it. Doesn't matter what your gender is. Doesn't matter. Um, you know, if, if, if you're healthy or not and, uh, kind of wraps in the same boat. And so I actually have a story, um, from a veteran that I think is pretty compelling. I'm glad you asked that question, Scott um I, a couple of years ago i got introduced to um i think she was i think she was a marine um and she was a marine she was paraplegic because she had gotten blown up blown up downrange. um was in it was basically in a coma for like a year but it was going through rehab and all that kind of stuff um her uh, her partner ended up you know basically quitting or quitting the quitting the job and, and to, to help and work uh, or to help care for her right and so their income was only based on her disability payments and, and, and stuff because during her time when she was uh, recovering and in a coma they had also discharged her from, from the military, which I, I guess it is normal. I think during, not during, she was not during a coma, but after rehab and all that kind of stuff, she got discharged. But through all that process, it was so traumatic. And I mean, just the focus wasn't on, not COVID, just talking too much. <laughs> so the focus was on, of course, a recovery. And she didn't think about life insurance. But then, you know, a few years ago, when I, when I met her, um, her and her partner got married, right? And she was like, oh, no, my only income. Obviously, I, I don't expect to, to, to live as long as my partner, so um, I need to get life insurance. But she had missed that window to get the full amount of 400000 during the thing. They totally left her out to dry on that because of the rehab. Nobody talked to her about, hey, you need to sign up for VGLI right now. And so now, when she went back to to the VA, they only would offer thirty thousand yeah. dollars, right? And then the other problem um, was is that they weren't qualifying for some of the benefits, even though they were married because they're a lesbian couple, right And so I'm thinking, now what about all those other active duty benefits now that now that you know being able to be gay and active duty. Is, is, is okay, <laughs> then, then of course, there's, there's, I'm sure there's lots of gay marriage in the military right now. Like, are there still issues at the federal level to fix that? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they've fixed that. But, you know, I'm, I'm concerned. I have a lot of friends who were working in the federal government uh, and were gay when they got married. Their, their partners weren't able to qualify for a lot of stuff. So I, it's, it's like anything. The government, the financial industry are two of the slowest moving, you know, behemoths when it comes to innovating and updating and just doing things that are, that are right and proper for everybody. Um, because you know, they're just trying to be a one size fits all type type approach, which is kind of what the idea with the military is. You put on a uniform, just make sure everybody has the basics. And, uh, it's like that you get that $15 cheap hammer (laughs) or whatever it calls or $1,500. Uh, so strange. Here's what you can expect on the next episode. But, uh, all right, any other, uh, w- what else we got, Scott? That was a good yeah, one.
2: to so, I, just want, so uh, I guess the answer to that question, do veterans automatically get life insurance? The oh, sorry,
0: they
2: <laughs> not automatically. qualify for VGLI, but- They have
0: the option for it, but they not- don't automatically just get right. it. Thanks for listening to Wealth and Liberty and choosing to learn how to live an autonomous life. Please leave us a review on iTunes and share the show with a friend who you know needs to hear this message. Remember to subscribe at wealthandliberty.us and connect with me, Scott R. Tucker, on LinkedIn.